0: What's up, what's up, real MVPs, Ricky Widmer here, along with the Mark Weber, Dub themies. And we are back for another edition of the Onside Kick, right here on Most Valuable Podcast, your one-stop shop for everything in the world of the MFL. Mark, we are continuing our previews. No additional stories, so it's just the four teams we're looking at. We're continuing in the South, this time on the NFC side of things, and in housekeeping this week, before we get into those four teams, I'm going to start out with a new item for housekeeping next week when Mark and I do the AFC West, right? The AFC? Yeah, start yeah, with AFC the AFC. and then NFC. AFC West next week. We're going to have an extra segment tagged on to the end of that podcast. We had a comment from ya boy 22 and as Mark said before, we were recording. It's not his boy, but not it's my boy. boy 22 Had a comment on our way-too-early mock draft for the NBA saying, hey, can you guys do one for the NFL we will do that top 10 next week to end the podcast so be on the lookout for that normal housekeeping after that one if you want to help support the channel more so than you're already doing by watching and listening make sure to check out most fellow podcast on patreon that link down below in the description $10 tier you can join non-side kick each and every month you're at that tier and talk about the topic you want to talk about if English can come out of my mouth Then we're going to look at the store. I'm finally wearing it, so it makes sense to prop the shirt up. You can get this T-shirt down below in the description, and you can also get it on our website, mostvaluepodcast.com. Just click the store. It'll take you right to it. You'll see Dave repping the T-shirt. You click it. You buy it. You'll wear it. you rep MVP. You can also check out mostvaluepodcast.com to check out everything for MVP each and every day. And last but not least, if you're on Apple Podcasts or on iTunes or you have them, Go and give the Onside Kick a five-star rating and let us know why you like listening to the podcast each and every week. But Mark, let's get into this NFC South. If you're new, how we do it is we start from the bottom, we go to the best, the Jaguar fans said it the best way, we save the best for last in each division from last year. So that means we're taking a look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming into this season, and I feel like for this one, the starting point is easy. Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston will be, the Buccaneers will be without him for the first three games of this season. Spoiler alert, you're going 0-3 in those games because you're playing the Saints, the Eagles, and the Steelers. Good luck beating those teams without Jameis Winston. But I'll ask you, whichever one you want to start with, the team not having him for those three games, or the Jameis Winston suspension in general, what are your thoughts about Jameis Winston not being with the team for the first three games?
1: Well, okay, so here's the thing with Jameis. Um, It's interesting right now, and I I think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are getting ready to have to answer a potential question. So Mm -hmm. with this time with Jameis, they have not— really gotten the promise they had that one nine and seven year they had year six two for and Jameis. ten i think was rookie year and then five and eleven mm-hmm. just this past year so they haven't made the playoffs they haven't gotten that promise they still have that Mariota Jameis kind of um debate, but...
0: Which is kind of winning because he's been to the playoffs.
1: Yeah, he has. That's what I was going to say. He's been to the playoffs, but it's not far away enough to where you're like, damn, we could have had Eli Manning. Or, not mm-hmm. Eli Manning. Uh, we could have had Peyton Manning instead of Ryan Leaf. But you still, know,
0: playoffs is playoffs.
1: Sure. Winning is winning, though, too, mm-hmm. and they hey, lost.
0: he won a playoff game. My
1: point is, they
0: didn't get to, uh, you know, played, they don't get to
1: the Super Bowl that you're going they for. They played
0: Tom Brady. I'll give him a pass.
1: You're you're, <laughs> you're completely missing my point. My point is that the it's debate not like hasn't they won been the won. Super Bowl, yeah, yeah. The debate has not been won, so mm-hmm. it's still out there. But what we have at the moment is that it's coming back up, mm-hmm. and it's coming back up because, like I said, Jameis hasn't been all that they thought. He hasn't been bad. I'm not saying that he's been a bad quarterback. This was one of the stronger, just pure passing offenses last year,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but. With that being said, not only has he not gotten them necessarily to the playoffs, when they were potentially going to be in the playoffs last year, people thought it was going to be because of the defense. Mm -hmm. Didn't work out, but that's what people were thinking. Now, we have all this off-the-field issue, and that brings us back once again. There's a reason why I brought up the Marcus mariota Jameis Winston debate. It brings us back to it again. What a lot of people were kind of saying is that with Marcus Mariota— you knew off the field things were fine. Mm -hmm. With Jameis Winston, there were a lot of people, I know you're not one of them who agrees, there's a lot of people who thought Jameis Winston has more talent, he has more ability, but he has more risk because of the off the field
0: stuff. I was was always a Mariota bro. Mm -hmm.
1: I liked Jameis for exactly that reason. I understood that there were some issues there, Mm -hmm. but coming out of there, I thought he had just more pure, raw upside Mm -hmm. to him. Now... Uh, with that being said, we have to look at what is currently happening. The off the field issues are not gone, so we're in. This is Jameis Winston's fourth year. He's an they,
0: important year. They well, it's his fourth year. The most important thing I'll throw out there: mm-hmm. the Bucks picked up his fifth year option, so he's making about just over seven hundred k this year. Next year, he'll make close to twenty one million dollars. In a contract year for the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. But I think that this
1: year is, despite picking up the fifth mm-hmm. year option already, this is a very important year because you have all this off-the-field sexual assault stuff that has come back mm-hmm. again to to hit Jameis Winston. So much so to where the current report is that anything that the Bucks do, advertising-wise or murals around the stadium, they're not going to feature Jameis Winston. He's being essentially well. They shouldn't ignored and cast under into yeah. the shadows, swept under the rug. Rightfully so. Yeah. Oh, for sure.
0: He's the redheaded but stepchild. What they're right doing now. at the moment. No offense to redheads out there. They're
1: going to kind of hide him, mm-hmm. setting themselves up for if there's another poor performance or failure mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. They yes, they owe money. But they might be able to kind of cut and run a little bit or get ready to do so because they're kind of already distancing themselves from him. Mm -hmm. And with a poor performance this year, especially if somehow Ryan Fitzmagic goes out there and steals one from two out of these three teams, I think he can steal one from the Steelers. Eagles and Saints is going to be a lot tougher, but at mm-hmm. least one of those is a division opponent and you never know what happens within the division. Yeah, But if you could steal some of those, there starts to become this vocal minority of people, and I don't even know if they're that big of a minority, who are just plain sick of Jameis Winston, mm-hmm. who are going to say, we don't want that kind of person on this team. We got somebody who just won us two games. Mm-hmm. Let him keep playing. Ride the hot hand. And that's when you start to get into some easier games as well after Jameis gets back.
0: One question I am going to ask you mm-hmm. is, I, I'll say this. For me, it's not all on this year. And the only reason I well, say that is... Well, got an extra is, year on the Well, contract. no, no, no. It's not just that. It's, mm-hmm. for me, the only reason why it's not just on this year and it'll be on last year as well is because when you look at the, and I'm going to be spoiler here... I've got the Buccaneers at like two wins. If your window is like two to three wins, you're going to be a top five pick, maybe even a top three pick in this draft coming up in 2019. The thing that is not a worry this year for Jameis Winston is this quarterback class coming into 2019 could be one of the worst quarterback classes we see in some time. Now, compared that to the class we saw last year and you're like, duh, Ricky, last class was really good. This one is not going to be that good. But you're people are already looking at it like, wow, this could be one of the worst quarterback classes we have seen in some time. Because of that, right now I'm looking at the Bucks going, they're not going to take a quarterback in the first round. So Jameis Winston in his contract year is going to have no competition for that starting role. So for me, next year will be... The make or break year, yeah, but depending I don't think on, that they
1: need to draft a quarterback next year to I would, essentially be moving on from I, Jameis.
0: I would say it would be—the interesting thing is, let's say this was last year and they were a top three pick. If they were to draft a guy like a Sam Darnold caliber, a Baker Mayfield caliber, a Baker Mayfield would make sense because it's a guy who many people think, ah, he can sit a year and mm-hmm. doesn't have to start year one— if they were going to bring in a guy like that this upcoming draft, then I would say, all right, Jameis has got he's got some pressure on him because it's kind of like, hey, we've got the incumbent behind you. You've got to put up or shut up right here. Mm-hmm. He's not going to have that next year. So
1: well, he I don't that wouldn't have made sense either to draft somebody to sit behind your what, 25, 24 year old quarterback.
0: I mean, if you're looking to get rid in the of the first him, round, you're then you to, just trade him. I mean, you could do that, but how Mm -hmm. often do we see trades get done at all in the NFL? But my point being, this year, because there's going to be no pressure this year, I wonder with Jameis, is it just going to be another nonchalant year for Jameis Winston? After after he comes off the suspension, it's going to be so key, because this team as a whole, you've kind of hit on it, the defense— Everyone has typed this defense, especially when Lovey Smith was the head coach a couple years ago. They add a big piece. The one that I love in Vita Vea year before they add Vernon Graves. Not they, to
1: mention two different corners.
0: Exactly. They bring they bring back um Brent Grimes. They add, like you said, Carlton Davis and MJ Stewart are the two corners. So this defense, I'll be honest, I like. It's the offense that has all my question marks because I even said to you that it feels like this team, like, I feel the most sorry for Mike Evans because I feel like his talent is being wasted in Tampa Bay. I feel like it is being wasted with the Buccaneers. And, I mean, the run game is going to be a different story this year. They get rid of the muscle hamster. Jaquiz right now is listed as the starter, but will Ronald Jones, who they drafted from USC, take that job, or will it be kind of between Jaquiz and... Jones and Charles Sims that kind of does a quarterback by committee. And the thing I'll kind of ask you, and this is just off the top of my head, Ryan Fitzpatrick is behind Jameis Winston. Mm -hmm. If he plays well in the first three games and then Jameis comes out against, let's see, Chicago I know is week four. Who's week five? If he comes out against Chicago, maybe Atlanta, and then Cleveland and doesn't look good by week eight against Cincinnati – Will the Bucs be bold enough to say, screw it, we're putting in Fitzpatrick because he played better in the first three games than yeah. Jameis is playing these last three? I mean, these that was kind three. of
1: my point before where I was saying if they could steal two of these games, mm-hmm. I honestly, I would be a little surprised if they went 0-3. I wouldn't be super surprised, but I'd be a little. Mm-hmm. I think they can steal a game against the Steelers.
0: Well, the question with that is, is Le'Veon going to play?
1: And that's a big part of uh-huh. it as well. Um, but I think they can steal that one, you know, with... With Fitzpatrick, if he can actually perform well and he's had his moments where he's looked really good. Mm-hmm. You know, he has a guy who can get you twelve, thirteen, fourteen hundred yards with uh with Mevins and then have Deshaun Jackson who, you know, I know you're you're saying that he's past the prime and that's not wrong, but he can still perform very well. Yeah. Got a great defense, got a uh, a new running back who hopefully is going to elevate that game as well. Mm-hmm. He can perform well with this. He performed good with worse when he was in New York uh, for the Jets that one year. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, what they have if they if Jameis starts to do poorly, the big thing for me is the head
0: coach. So if if Dirk Cotter is going to be on the they, hot seat, they brought him in to be like, man, this Jameis Cotter yeah. connection is going to bring us to the promised land. And
1: then the first thing I see on Hard Knocks is him going, yeah, Jameis, I need you to not. Fuck it up, basically. <laughs> to summarize what he said and oh. paraphrase what he said. But, you know, you look at that and it's just I, I sit here and I see a coach that I think is very close to the hot seat. Mm-hmm. You know, he is at nine and seven, then goes five and eleven. This is following two not really good years under Lovey Smith, and they got rid of him pretty quickly when they saw that defense kind of deteriorate. So over here, this guy who's supposed to come in here and be a great kind of guy who's going to get everything out of Jameis Winston, Mm -hmm. you know, he's an offensive coordinator, an offensive mastermind, we're going to get it going, and then he doesn't for three years, Mm -hmm. you got to get rid of him. Then to have a new head coach come in, are they going to want to deal with Jameis, and what I would be scared with... As a GM, not his abilities. James can throw for 4,000 yards. He can throw for almost 30 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Sure, he's a gunslinger. He's going to also turn the ball over, but it's all right. He's What you want is you want more of the winning Brett Favre as opposed to the losing one. What I would be scared of as a GM is, is this going to be something that makes head coaches go, I don't know if I want to deal with the locker room issues That we have with this guy,
0: not only the locker room or more the
1: off the field because the locker room seems to like him.
0: Well, but it goes back to me of when we were talking about Mariota versus Jameis when Mm -hmm. they were being drafted. And I remember those conversations because we were talking one, two. You were on the side of the table of I like Jameis Winston. I was on the other side of like I like Marcus Mariota Mm -hmm. and we were a podcast divided for a while. Yeah. And for me, it was always the thing with Jameis is when it comes to the quarterback position, talent is great. Of course, you need to be at some sort of talent level for me to think about picking you. But for me, it comes down to, especially at the quarterback position, hey, you know what? Your talent is great, but it's what's above the shoulders that is way more important than what's below the shoulders. And what Jameis Winston is... I never got the confidence that what was above the shoulders was better than what was below the shoulders. And I don't I say, think it needs to necessarily
1: be better, but when he needs a better that,
0: coach to well, get When it out I say of that is I say with Jameis Winston, it's the making sure you're not being put in these situations. It's not a matter of fact of being intelligent on the football field, not with a football IQ – it's just a general IQ of you, either A, you can't do that, or B, why are you being put in these situations? And one thing, this is specific to the Jameis Winston situation that I'm going to ask you, is if he was a quarterback, would he still have a job right now? Because you think of all the other situations that are kind of related to Jameis Winston, I mean, you throw in Ray Rice— I throw in um not Randy Gregory, uh, Greg Hardy with the cow with the Cowboys when he was there. Look at LaShawn McCoy right now. If Jameis Winston wasn't a quarterback, are we kind of looking at this not like a oh he's coming back for game four and more like a LaShawn McCoy of like, hey, is he not gonna play this entire season?
1: Are you talking about the suspension? If we think Well, not suspension just would that, be just longer? In,
0: in general, because it kind of looks like Like, you can look at LaShawn McCoy and Jameis Winston right now, many people with LaShawn McCoy's personal thing that's going on are like, oh, he he might not even play this entire season due to this thing, not even a suspension, just because of what's going on. Mm -hmm. Whereas Jameis Winston, it's like, oh, three games, which kind of seems like a slap on the wrist, if anything, is it because he's a quarterback? That we're looking at this potentially, but a game, and oh, he'll definitely. I think
1: honestly, I think the thing about Jameis's part of it is really that there's no evidence, Mm -hmm. there's no smoking gun. You know, we're not there's
0: there's no smoking gun in LaShawn McCoy's case. Like the big thing with Ray Mm -hmm. Rice is we had video evidence.
1: Yeah, that's well, that's what I'm saying. We have video evidence. Mm -hmm. We have pictures of Adrian Peterson's son. Yeah, we had things to really come down hard on these people. Jameis's thing is. His word versus uh, her word. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. And it's unfortunate that when it comes to sexual assault, that's what it comes down to time and time again is his word versus her word. Whichever side is victim, whichever side is not, um, his, his, her, her, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. So when we have this me versus you, there's not much you can do. And the NFL – The NFL is so inconsistent in the way it does these suspensions. Mm -hmm. Somebody can get suspended a whole year for one thing, and somebody has something that some people are going to think is worse, and they get two games. Mm -hmm. You know, It's completely different, and there's really no rhyme or reason to it. I honestly kind of feel that with this being something that was older, I still feel that the NFL is more mad about not knowing about it than they were about what Jameis actually did or allegedly had done.
0: Let me ask you this, kind of to wrap everything up. And the one thing I will say for Bucks fans out there, you might think with this preview, oh, you guys are harping too much on the Jameis part. That's a big thing of your season. Like that is thing. going to impact your first three games mm-hmm. and could, if you start impact finding the rest out of more stuff, season.
1: if this is just a pattern right now mm-hmm. with your quarterback, which it seems like it's been a pattern since college. Yeah. Eventually, it's not three games. Eventually, it's six, mm-hmm. eight. Ten, twelve. Eventually, it's a whole season.
0: Well, and that's like me and you. Even listened to the interview. I think it was the one from the ACC um, championship game from the first time he won the national title. And in an interview, he goes, "Yeah, coach was talking. It's like I just got to do a better job of not putting myself in those situations and being better about that." And I'm thinking, you still haven't learned, have you? You just you learned enough to say it, and then it went whoop right out your right out your head and into the wind. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But the question I was going to ask you is. So Dirk Connor, yep, nine and seven in twenty sixteen, five and eleven this next year. Let's say he goes two wins, three wins this year, and is a top Oh, without a doubt pick. he's gone. Is he fired? Like, yeah, percentage one hundred percent. You have
1: to be for in my eyes. You have to be at seven wins mm-hmm. with maybe barring some huge injury or Jameis magically gets suspended the entire year mm-hmm. or something. Um you gotta be at, at least six six games to actually uh save your job. Seven games probably to save your job. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think that if they're anything under that, I expect him to be gone. And I don't know, is a new coach gonna want to work with Jameis Winston? Is a new coach gonna want no. his type of quarterback? Because we talk about it all the time. It doesn't even have to be a guy who has issues off the
0: field. A lot of coaches just want their guy. Unless it's like a John Gruden situation where John Gruden Pick the Raiders situation because he, he liked to tear car. Derek Carr. He yeah. wanted to work with him, and I mean that's a good situation for them. But like, if I look at the box as of right now, I know we got a couple of weeks um, until our official hold me to them predictions. But the only games I have them winning right now are Week Eight against the Cincinnati Bengals, which I know Buccaneer fans are going. Whoa, you even got us losing to the Browns? What's going on, Ricky? Um, but I also got you guys beating the Saints. Week 14. That's it. Like, and even that Saint game, like, I'm not even confident in that one. I just picked it because I'm like, hey, you know what? The Week 17, you guys beat the Saints in Tampa last year. So I'll give you that same kind of, okay, you can beat them at home. You're not beating them on the road. But, like, I look at every other game this year, And boy, do they have a hard schedule. The Saints twice, they're going to be a playoff team. The Falcons twice, they're going to be a playoff team. Well, the Saints, Falcons, and Panthers all could be playoff teams. Panthers probably won't. Falcons will definitely, for me, Saints on the bubble of where they land. But like every other team, Eagles will be in the playoffs. Steelers will be in the playoffs. Um, Redskins won't be in the playoffs, but they just got a new quarterback who is, I'll say, better than yours. The Giants will be better this season. 49ers could be a playoff team. Ravens could be a playoff team. Cowboys are, could be a playoff team. There are so many right-on-the-line playoff teams or definite playoff teams on this schedule. And then the ones that aren't playoff teams, like the Bears and Browns, they got they got drastically better in my eyes from last year. The Bears adding Matt Nagy. We'll kind of see what his offense brings. And then the Browns with everything they brought in from free agency trades in the draft to where I'm like, this could be a two-win season for the Buccaneers. And Bucks fans are sitting there going, something needs to change so we can get back to being a team that fights for this division.
1: And this is a team that just very recently proved they're willing to move on quick. How fast did they move on from Mike Glennon? Lovey Smith. How fast did they move on from Lovey Smith? They moved fast. Lovey got two years. Mm-hmm. Glennon had one one chance, and that was it. And to be fair, they were number one overall, and they could take a quarterback. Mm-hmm. But if you get an opportunity like that, you might not pass up on it.
0: And I'm looking up really quick. I know Lovey went. So Lovey was two years with them. Two and fourteen is first year. Six and ten is next year. Boom, gets fired right away. And I still think that nine and seven year, they could have gone nine and seven with Lovey Smith. It wasn't like a, oh man, we got Dirk Cotter. That's the reason why we went nine and seven, because it's like Dirk Cotter was with you. He was the offensive coordinator for you guys. And Mike Glennon had, yeah, you're right. He had really only one year, he had 2013. And then it was like, because he started 13, played 13. Then it was like he played six games, he didn't play the entire 2015 year, then he played only two games for Tampa, and then he was in Chicago and got replaced after four games for Mitch Trubisky, or the Trubisky, as I like to call him, here on the podcast. Any final thoughts about the Bucks before we move into the Atlanta Falcons?
1: I just mostly want to kind of survey Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans, mm-hmm not necessarily looking at his on-the-field abilities, but looking at his off-the-field abilities, you know, our off-the-field shenanigans is a way to say it, uh, making lighter of it than it should be made. Are you sick of it? Are you? Do you want to move on? Because I've heard kind of mixed things from a lot of Tampa Bay fans. Basically, it's two polar opposites. People are like, I can get over it. And then the other half are saying, no, if he was gone yesterday... It was too late. Mm -hmm.
0: So I'm curious. I'm curious to know. And just as a little bit of um, just one example from the draft that I was talking about for this year, Todd McShay's way too early mock draft, two quarterbacks in the first round, the first one off the board is at pick 17, and it's Drew Locke from Missouri. The next one doesn't even go until pick 26. Mm-hmm. But there's a whole season of
1: college football. I get
0: that played. at the top. I like. I get that, but it, you look at it and it's like how many times have we looked at a way too early mock draft and the first quarterback is not in even the top 15 of that. Or is it even in the top half? of this draft. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think down below in that comment section. Are we too low on the Bucs? Are we kind of harping on the Jameis Winston thing too much? Let us know what you guys think down below in that comment section. And, Mark, let's move on into the next team, the Atlanta Falcons. And this is a team that, I'll be honest, I am really high on this team coming into 2018. One of the best things that I think they did all offseason was their first-round pick in the draft, going with Calvin Ridley. Now they have Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Muhammad Sanu, 1-2-3 on that. Not in that order, One, two, three. It's going to be, obviously, I think Sanu and Jones on the outside. Calvin Ridley will be your slot receiver in the middle. I will ask you, what are your thoughts early on about how good could this be a Falcons team that wins the South this year?
1: Well, it could be because anybody really can win the South because they mm-hmm. trade off all the time. True, uh,
0: it's you know it's hot potato. You so pass means, that thing up, so that means it's not going to be the Saints this year.
1: So you just got to keep passing it and, and see where it goes. Mm-hmm. But the the problem that I'll get to, and then we can praise the Falcons because I like the Falcons mm-hmm. a lot. Um, it's just Sarkeesian's offense. I just don't necessarily know that it gels with this whole team. I mean, it seems like people were struggling with it last year and. If they don't truly kind of push through and get the most out of this like they had before, you know, of course, when we got to watch the Atlanta Falcons storm their
0: way into the Super Bowl. Last year was the first year, though. Yes. I mean, it was the first year with the Sarkeesian offense, so you're hoping that this offense has a little bit more grasp of it in year two compared Mm -hmm. to year one and
1: it's not like they were a terrible offense or anything like that they were a good offense but it was a noticeable step back from the league's best offense Mm -hmm. that took them into a super bowl so they need to kind of get past that and they need to get a little bit more because this passing game it's a great passing game. It's not going to necessarily get better. And apparently Julio wants more money, so he's going to be motivated to play extra hard. Calvin Ridley's a great addition. Matt Ryan, we all know that he's going to be a great quarterback. Getting the run game performing back to where it should be as well, and in not having injuries is going to be a huge part of that. This offense should be able to be really good. And then that defense we know was good as well. There's no real reason why the Atlanta Falcons aren't going to be considered a you know quite probably a top five team in the NFC. They are right there with everybody they're, mm-hmm. they're probably the most unloved out of all these top teams, but there's no reason with assuming that the pro, the progress is made offensively in year two of this system. there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to be right up there with all the top teams of the NFC.
0: The thing that I am thinking about this team is I wonder if this is going to be eerily similar to what we saw in Kyle Shanahan's two-year ten. Of course, it was only a two-year tender uh or 10 year with the Fal- Falcons before he goes to the 49ers being their head coach last year. Mm-hmm. But we saw a similar thing where this offense in 2015, Kyle Shanahan's first year, they were 7th in—I'm going off a of total yardage. So they were 7th um, offense in 2015. They finished 8-8. Eight and eight. That was Dan Quinn's first year. They don't go to the playoffs. Then that next year, they are now the number 2 offense in the league. They go 11-5, and five, they win the South, and they go to the Super Bowl. They should have won that Super Bowl because they got complacent, but they were in the Super Bowl against Tom Brady. Could have almost won it. That year. I'm not saying Super Bowl for the Falcons. I'm not going that far, but I wonder if we could see, and this was a 10-6 and 6 team last year that made the playoffs, beat the Rams in the playoffs, where the Rams were a good team, lost to the Super Bowl champion Eagles, and came closer to beating them than my Minnesota Vikings did in the NFC Championship game. So I wonder if this team, first off, is going to be able to win the division because that's going to be the big thing for this division. As I wonder, whoever wins the division is safe because obviously you make the playoffs automatically. The person that finishes second place in this division is going to be a coin toss because I will bet you that there will be one team, I don't know who it's going to be, but one team in the NFC from any division, will be ten and six and miss the playoffs, just like the Lions did last year. That's I mean, how it's good certainly possible.
1: Is it's certainly possible as long as people don't just all beat each other up in the mm-hmm. meantime. Um, but for the Falcons, I mean, the nice thing about two of the teams in this division, I think, the Falcons and the Saints, they are such uh, well-built teams mm-hmm. as a whole. And I'm not necessarily dissing the Panthers on this one. I'll claw up all day, but. I think the Panthers have a few little holes there that need to kind of be addressed before they can be looked at as one of these just complete teams. Mm -hmm. The Falcons have everything they need. If they can take that step forward offensively, and I think one of the best things that they have going for them, uh, which is always an underrated part of it, really is those five guys right up front on the line of scrimmage. Mm -hmm. The offensive linemen here, this is one of the best groups in the NFL they're going to do everything to give Matt Ryan the time he needs to do everything he can with the, you know, with the passing game and then allow Freeman, allow Coleman to really get back to what they were two years ago when they were just dominating and running all over everybody. Mm-hmm. That's one thing they really need to get back to is just that ability to run all day, use up a ton of clock, and free up these amazing weapons like Julio Jones, Sanu, who's a good running, a good wide receiver as well, and then the rookie Calvin Ridley, that's going to be hugely beneficial. And the thing that I think I like about the uh, Atlanta Falcons' chances this year is really going to be the fact that they had last year to be that kind of Super Bowl slump a little bit, the hangover from, Mm -hmm. oh man, we blew a huge lead, we should have won it. That's all that's all gone now. We can stop talking about it. Now we are back and we are ready to come back and just actually play some football again without this, you know, cinder block on our shoulders weighing us down. Mm-hmm. The Falcons can just move forward from here.
0: I like this might sound weird, but one of the big things I like about the Falcons this year and if you've been watching all these previews, I'm usually the first one to bring this up. I like their schedule. Last year, the thing I didn't like about the schedule, which is weird because they went 3-1 and one against one of these divisions, but they played the NFC North and the AFC East were the two divisions that they had. And I know you're going to be saying, well, Ricky, they went 3-1 and one against the NFC North. Like, Bear, they started the year Bears, Packers, Lions, all wins against those teams. It was the... AFC East, that was a different story. They could beat the Jets, didn't beat Tyrod and the Bills, didn't beat—I th- don't even remember who was playing for the Dolphins at that point. It wasn't Ryan Tannehill because he was injured the whole year. And then they lost to Tom Brady in Foxborough, whereas I look at this year and the, the division that they play in right now, I'll be honest, 4-2 in the division for me. You'll split with the Saints, split with the Panthers. You'll beat the Bucks twice because the Bucs aren't going to be good in my mind this year. But then I look at the other divisions, AFC East were the Steelers will be a tough one because that's on the road. The Bengals at home, you can beat them. The Browns on the road, you can beat them. And then you get the Ravens at home. You can beat them. They could be three and one against the AFC North, just like they were three and one against the NFC North last year. The question is, what do you do against the NFC East, which will be a tough division, but I think they can beat the Redskins. I actually have them in the first game beating the Eagles because they almost beat them in Philly last year in the playoffs. It was only a five point game. And then you get the Cowboys at home. You also get the Giants at home as well. I think in both of those divisions, call me crazy, if they go three and one against both of those divisions, all right, you're sitting there six and two. Add that four and two from the. The um, division that I talked about, you're already at ten wins. Then it just decides for me. All right, what am I doing against the Packers and the Cardinals? You can at least go one and one in those games, if not two and zero.
1: Yeah, and the the thing that's interesting with, of course, um, this Cardinals game is probably going to have the rookie by this point. I would imagine. I mean, it's week fifteen. By week
0: fifteen. If Josh Rosen ain't starting, there's a problem.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, um, I. Unless Bradford is healthy. healthy and playing yeah. well. Wow. That's the big thing, because health is really what's going to knock him out.
0: It's not going to be Mike Lennon. We know that. The ginger giraffe has no chance. Want well, to know one
1: thing I love about this Atlanta Falcons offseason. What? Was getting uh, uh, Isaiah Oliver, the cornerback, second round. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great addition. I mean, it's already a you very You took him in the su- first
0: round of our combined match, yeah. didn't
1: you? I like him. I like him a lot. He is somebody who, you know, dropped further than he should have, I mm-hmm. believe. He is somebody who actually can make a big difference on an already good defense. He's going up, I mean, you know, this team is going to see a lot of really talented quarterbacks just in the division, Mm -hmm. but also just this year in general with the, you mentioned all the other teams that they're facing. You need somebody who can be that talented. uh, And it doesn't have to be a, Oliver needs to be a shutdown corner. Nobody's going to throw on this side of the field anymore. Mm -hmm. He's not a guy who needs to follow the best wide receiver around the field. He just needs to lock down into his area, doesn't necessarily even need to be the absolute, you know, without a doubt starter because they've got good corners. they got Alford. They've got Trufant Mm -hmm. already. They
0: can allow him to kind of ease his way in. They've even got guys behind him. Like, I'm looking at the right side. You've got Trufant. The next corner on the depth chart is um, Justin... I'm gonna say the last name wrong because I always do Pathel. You got him who used to be with Arizona, um, I think it was a while ago. I look at that and I go, All right, you might even be third on the depth chart somewhere, be like a nickel situation guy. As long as you can play well in those situations, this defense should be fine. Like this to me is it how it comes down is this this team and the Saints are the most well rounded team. The Panthers, big question will be Cam Newton, the Bucks are going to stink. Like, that is your TD, what is it, uh, TLDR, too long, didn't read, yeah. for the NFC South.
1: I think that the, the Falcons, like, you know, a, a nice quick summary since you just did this as well. Mm-hmm. They weren't far away from being able to win this division last year, even though they were third in the division. Mm-hmm. They weren't far from it. They just need to take that one step forward. They did everything they needed to do, I think, in the off season to be able to take that step forward. Mm-hmm. You know, the Saints are going to be better this year. The Panthers, I think, are going to be kind of consistent with where they were last year. Maybe take a little bit of a step back, but the hard thing, of course, is just the NF uh, the NFC in general is always going to be a challenging division. But I really don't see a reason why the Atlanta Falcons can't come right back and. Either win this division or get that fifth, maybe sixth spot in the wild card.
0: See, I am more on the other side of this. I think that we are looking. I think we are looking at the NFC South divisional champions. Uh, I'll say it like this: is a team that I think has the has the offense, has the quarterback, has the rushing attack, has the receivers that you um, like about it. Now, if we're going to talk to Bears fans, they're going to say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa." This team took a big hit because they don't have Taylor Gabriel anymore. That's right. Like anyone, Turbo. From, anyone from Chicago is saying, "Whoa, the Falcons are a lesser team." They're missing Turbo because they don't have Turbo out there, but they did get Calvin Ridley. So I mean, you know, we'll see. We, we'll see what the Rook has, and if mm. he can fill the shoes of Taylor Gabriel. But I like this team. Julio Jones is one of the best wide receiver. Like, and they even even saying one of the best kind of feels like I'm giving him a slap in the face. He's probably. Definite top five, maybe even top three wide receiver in this league. You have Matt Ryan, who is a very good quarterback, one of the best that we have in this league. To me, the difference is what can you do against the divisions outside of the division of your own, against the AFC North, against the NFC East, and really more of that question is the NFC East because I'll be honest— Right now, the only team I got them losing to is the Giants just because I had to have them lose to somebody in that division. I think I didn't think they were going to go 4-0. But the thing is, if they can go 3-1 and against those two or even 4-0 against those two, they will set themselves up for a good position to finish with 11, 12, maybe even 13 wins, not even just win this division, but this could be a team that we're talking about being a first-round buy team number 1 number 2 seed in the NFC.
1: It's possible, but I think it's going to be a tough a tough one to get that one of those buys. I mean, cuz you got the the, the, Eagles, the Eagles, the Vikings were already really great. the Rams. Exactly, Rams, the Vikings, you got a lot of these teams that are here, but it, I know, thought you
0: were going to totally gloss over the like no, the said, Vikings are good. I said Vikings and I just thought that Bears fan in you was just going to be like, "Oh, let's gloss over them." Well, Vikings are <laughs> a
1: fine team. They can have, you know, they can have a spot, I guess. Uh But, you know, there's a lot of teams in there, and it's going to be kind of tough, especially when you're in a division that's already difficult. Mm -hmm. You know, not that the Vikings aren't also in a difficult division. Yeah. But it's just one of those things where it's going to be a challenge because of your schedule, because of where you play. That makes it a challenge. But all you really need is to get into the playoffs, and there's no doubt in my mind that the Falcons can't. Mm -hmm. You know, it's pretty much that simple to me of they made the right additions offensively, defensively to an already good team. That was adjusting a little bit after having lost um an important offensive coordinator who everything was gelling really nicely with. Mm-hmm. so if you can kind of just move that step forward, keep it going, you're gonna be right there. you're gonna be right where you need to be. and last year at the six seed with ten and six, um, there was the a six seed, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, six seed with ten and six. That's not a bad place to be. No, that was not a bad place to be well, at all.
0: And I mean, even the thing like you say, oh, six seed at ten and six. I keep bringing this up, and I will again. The NFC was so loaded; the six seed was at ten and six. The seventh seed, who's the first team out of the playoffs, was ten and six. So it's like the NFC was not no cupcake conference last year. Like, and I think it's going to be the same thing this year where. We could see the top seven teams in this division or in this conference. I keep saying division in this conference all have double digit wins. And it's like you're the seventh team. And it's like, what the hell? We got double digits wins. 10 wins is supposed to shoot. Remember the days where it was like you're playing Madden? You're like, cool. I got 10 wins. Don't have to worry. I'm in the playoffs. I don't have to worry. My team's going to be in the playoffs. Not no longer if you're in the NFC.
1: If you're in the AFC, you're good to go.
0: Yeah, I mean, AFC. I could see this year five double digits, but let's be honest. It's going to be double digits win the division and probably like a 9-7, and 8-8 eight and eight make the wild card for the AFC. And then it's like, all right, let's just see between the Jaguars, Patriots, and Steelers who can come out of this conference. Any final thoughts you got on the Falcons before we move on into the Carolina Panthers?
1: I mean, I think we, we kind of summarized a lot of it. Calvin Ridley, I'm very excited to watch him. You know, possible offensive rookie of the year candidate
0: i really like i'm i'm gonna really like him in the slot for this team because i feel like it's gonna be with julio and sanu out there julio's gonna get the double teams sanu will get attention and the mid he's gonna have games where the middle of the field is just gonna open up because these secondaries are gonna want to focus more on sanu and jones to where Ridley with his big body is just going to be like, hey, I'm just going to work the middle of the field, and I feel like Matt Ryan is just going to keep finding him and finding him for some big yards. Fantasy football, put him in as a, I'm going to say a sleeper, because even though he was one of the higher rookies in the draft, I wonder where people will draft him.
1: I think he's going to go high.
0: In the draft, you think so?
1: I mean, he's not going to be like, you know, first three rounds, Mm -hmm. but... I think he's going to be a guy who's going to be there like five six,
0: especially with how we do uh, our draft in our league. That rookie round, he's going to he be a hot be guy one two three. Yeah, in that rookie round. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section about the Atlanta Falcons. Are they going to win the division? Will they be a playoff team this year? What are you excited for? What are you not excited for? Will they make that next step in Sarkeesian's second year as OC? Let us know what you think down below. In that comment section, and Mark, we are moving on into the next team, and that next team is the Carolina Panthers, and before we get into this preview, I believe you have to do something that you love to do Gotta every time up. we talk about the Panthers. Gotta claw up. You did a little bit too soon. I was setting you up nope. for it, but you still I was excited. Up like Sometimes prematurely claw up. <laughs> premature clawing up. It happens, man. Elations? It happens to the best of us. I was trying to make it work, but yeah. the elation part wasn't there, but a premature claw up for Mark over there on the other side of the table because he's just Mm -hmm. so excited to talk about the Carolina Panthers. And the first question I want to ask you about these said Panthers is about Cam Newton because you mentioned it before we started recording you. You were looking at this team. You're like, man, this passing attack was not good last year. They're a team that, first off, traded Calvin Benjamin away. Their leading receiver last year was they had Devin Funches, but they also had Ted Ginn Jr. Ted Ginn Jr. is now gone. Torrey Smith, they get him via a trade, I believe, this offseason. I believe that's when they got him this offseason because he was with the Eagles last year. They get Torrey Smith. They get DJ Moore via the draft. Christian McCaffrey's still in that backfield, although... Jonathan Stewart no longer there. They get CJ Anderson. So now it's McCaffrey, Artis Payne, CJ Anderson, and then Elijah Hood in that backfield. What are your thoughts on this Panther team, Cam Newton and this offense? Can they turn it around this year?
1: It's it's kind of it's kind of rough because the running game was really good last year, and I expect the running game will just still be really good. The defense is good here. The the problem that they have, like you were mentioning, it's just that passing game. It's just mm-hmm. not good enough. And the wide receivers have never been amazing. And even when they have good ones, you know, like Benjamin has not really been the healthiest of wide receivers out mm-hmm. there. Um, so it's just, a, it's just a kind of difficult thing to see and say, man, they've got this really talented quarterback. They've got this great running game, great defense. Why don't you give him some weapons? I for- Why don't you give him something to throw the ball to?
0: I forgot to mention another big addition mm-hmm. to this passing game, to this offense, that I believe might help change your mind just a little bit, or not even change your mind, just add into it, they have a new O.C. this year. Do you know who it is? Tell Dito, me who it is. Norv Turner is now the O.C. After taking a year off last year, mm-hmm. after being the O.C. for the Vikings, I believe for only two years, he was with us three years, he was with us 2014 to 2016, Norv Turner is another new addition yeah. to this offense, being the O.C. for the Panthers in 2018.
1: I have a big question when it comes to the offense here for mm-hmm. the uh, Carolina Panthers. And it's a question of. I hope Cam Newton's going to be healthy. Mm-hmm. He needs this Kevlar vest that he's got <laughs> because nobody gets hit more than Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. Nobody gets hit hard more than Cam
0: Newton. And. I mean, he's also like, he is the definition of Superman. He gets into yeah. an accident, oh, sure. flips his truck, walks out, just brushes off the shoulders. I'm but Superman. The, the
1: problem for Superman, Cam Newton here is. It's the blind side. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Matt Khalil is not someone I would want to rely on to not get hit.
0: Talking about former Viking.
1: Yeah, right? <laughs> he's someone who I ha- would have no faith in that he's going to protect me mm-hmm. at all. So Cam Newton, a guy who gets hit a lot, who gets hit very hard. He's been the focus of conversation for over a year now of just the are we – not correctly protecting our mobile quarterbacks in the NFL Mm -hmm. who is so concerned about player safety. So they say Mm -hmm. Cam Newton's one of those guys who always kind of gets the raw end of the deal here. And he's a, you know, he's a big guy. He's built like big Ben where he's not going to get hurt, but big Ben has been hurt. And he has been a guy who has not been able to do the things he used to be able to do in his career. Cam Newton's getting to that point now where, what is he, 29? Yeah, 29 years old, where eventually you're going to start slowing down a little bit. Well, and some of, that, some of those hits are going to come up and uh, kind of eat away at you.
0: And it's important that you say that because one of the things that Norv Turner is going to bring to this offense, like I was looking at an article and they were saying that Norv Turner is going to bring a lot more drop-back passes to this Panther offense. And for me— the big question with Cam Newton is when you look at the quarterbacks in this league, I mean, I'm just going to go through the the playoff quarterbacks and some of them better than others. Tom Brady, Big Ben, this is from last year, Blake Bortles, Alex Smith, Marcus Mariota, Tyrod Taylor. About maybe three of those, I mean, Big Ben you can kind of say is flexible. He's only not a, so
1: much anymore.
0: He's, he's not as mobile as he used to be. I'd put him more in the drop back. Really. The only ones that are mobile with air quotes were Tyrod and Marcus Mariota. They're at the bottom. The other guys are at the top. Then you look at the NFC, Carson Wentz or Nick Foles, Carson Wentz, like, isn't like, yeah, he runs sometimes, but he's not as mobile, recklessly mobile as he was in college. He's more of a drop back, oh, if it breaks down, I can run forward. Well, it
1: helps that you have an amazing offensive line and great wide receivers.
0: You look at Case Keenum, he wasn't really mobile last year. You look at Jared Goff, he wasn't a mobile quarterback last year. You look at Drew Brees, he definitely ain't a mobile quarterback. You look at Matt Ryan, he's not a mobile quarterback. The only one to make the playoffs last year that was a true mobile is Cam Newton. The question is, as you are getting older, Can you make that transition into being a successful drop-back passer? Because the more you get older, the more you can't rely on that athleticism. And with how Cam Newton's numbers are as a true drop-back passer, it's going to be one of those things where it's like, man, he's just... Just not that good with the drop back passing. Well, he can be good drop back. Uh, He's got. I'm just saying he needs to get a little bit better at it. Is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, but
1: I mean, I mean, some of his best years have been around 38 000 to 4,000 yards. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, he 2015 his best year. He was not necessarily yardage wise, but he was 35 touchdowns to 10 interceptions. I'd be happy with that as a drop with a drop back passer. I don't need him to be a 5,000 yard passer. Mm-hmm. I just need him to be successful and efficient. Now, of course, 2015, he also ran for 600 plus yards. But even without some of that, they still had one of the better running games with just their running backs as well. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the drop back passing, but that's exactly my point. I don't trust Matt Khalil. Mm -hmm. I don't trust the entire left side of this offensive line to keep him healthy. So, sure, drop-back passes are great, but when you've got less than three seconds or just about three seconds to throw the ball, there's not much you can do with that. You know, that's the thing that kind of worries me for Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers of what can stall them. Mm -hmm. Now, they still have the potential, if they can move towards just kind of being very fast, you know, very just West Coast. Yeah. With this offense, get the ball out of your hands really fast. Don't really worry about the, which North, they're coming to get me. Which that's North, what North Turner, Turner does. has been
0: more West Coast.
1: Yeah, that's what he really does pretty efficiently. But you really got to, when you don't have a good offensive line, West Coast is a little hard to pull off at times because you just need, you don't need a ton of time for mm-hmm. it to develop. But you just need enough. And fortunately for the Panthers, having a really good run game is going to help at least keep the defenses honest.
0: That's why I'm I'm focusing on three guys on this offense. Mm-hmm. The first one's Greg Olson. I think that if he stays healthy, he is going to flourish the most in this North Turner. Offense Because I'll just do – I actually want to do some quick research. I probably should have done this before the podcast. But you had what the – I said 2014 to 2016 was when he was with Minnesota. I just want to look really quick to see if um, Kyle Rudolph was leading the receiving. So 2014 for the Vikings, the leading receiver – it was not Kyle Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph only had, well, he only had 34 targets. I think he was hurt that year. Greg Jennings was our leading receiver. But then 2015, wasn't Kyle Rudolph again? It was Stefan Diggs, but Kyle Rudolph was no, second out for on the yeah. team. No, it's not. And then 2016, just to see, it was Thielen uh, the Thielen, and Kyle Rudolph was um, second off. But the point I can make from that is that the Vikings have, Two really good wide receivers – like two wide receivers that I would say are better than the top two wide receivers for the Panthers. And I'm sorry if that's a dig at Tory Smith, but it's kind of You're a little dig You're saying back in like that Torrey 2014,
1: Smith. 2015 team? I, would, I wouldn't say so back I then. I would still
0: say Thielen and Diggs have been Those, production-wise. But Thielen
1: was productive last year. North Turner wasn't there last year.
0: No, no, no. But I'm saying like even like we've seen progression out of Thielen for this year. So he led the team in – 2016 mm-hmm. got better in 2017, but yes, that was with Pat Shermer's offense. The thing I think is Greg Olson's going to be the main benefactor from North Turner because yes, Torrey Smith is a good wide receiver, but I don't think he's the Torrey Smith of old. Devin Funches to me, I've never liked, like I've never fell in love with Devin Funches. He's just been like, all right for me. And that's why number two, the second player I'm focusing on, is DJ Moore. I feel like people are going to focus on Torrey Smith. They're going to focus on Devin Funches. Hell, they'll even focus on Curtis Samuel to where DJ Moore is going to have a sneaky surprise or sneaky surprising rookie year to where a lot of people who aren't focusing on Carolina are going to turn their heads and go, whoa, who's this guy in Carolina that's really tearing it up? And then the third guy I think that will benefit from this North Turner West Coast style is the running back Christian McCaffrey, more so also because he doesn't have to compete with Jonathan Stewart for carries and can be the if de facto number one running back for the Panthers.
1: Well, I mean, certainly that's going to help as a running back, not having someone to be a committee with, essentially, but and he's
0: also the per- I would say mm-hmm. the perfect West Coast quarterback because he's kind of like a receiver at the running back position.
1: I mean, it certainly helps. I, I think what, what I want to see out of Christian McCaffrey, and I, and I liked Christian McCaffrey last mm-hmm. year, is I want to see him really own the running back portion of being a running back. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's nice to have the pass-catching ability as well, but I want to see him start to really own the actual being a running back. Mm-hmm. With the Carolina Panthers and with DJ Moore, I don't necessarily think that that many defenses, you know, fans maybe, but I don't really think that defenses are going to sleep on him. I think he walks in here being quite probably the second best wide receiver on this roster. Mm -hmm. I don't want to discount Funches. I mean, he was an 800-yard wide receiver last year. He did well for an offense that wasn't that great. Cam only had like 3,200 maybe, Mm -hmm. 2,300 maybe, uh, or 3,300 passing (laughs) yards. So it wasn't an explosive passing game last year. Anyways, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's one of the worst passing games in the
0: NFL. Does it get better? Does the passing game get better, and by how much do you think it'll get better?
1: Well, I, I it's, it's hard to say how much because it's hard to know how prominent the running game is still going to be.
0: Because the one thing I will say, and Saint fans will like this whole year, Saints fans will bring up the play that um, happened in Minnesota and use that as a chip on their shoulder. But I remember watching that first round game against the Panthers and the Saints. And that was a game where there was... Oh, I can't even remember who it was. The um, I think he was a rookie wide receiver. Yeah, I can't even remember who the wide receiver was in the end zone. He goes to catch it on the side of the end zone, and it just goes right through his hands. And it was a blatant drop to where it's like that would have swung the game for the Panthers. And to me, that's what I feel like. This wide receiver core needs to be better because, yeah, I know I'm picking out one game, but this wide receiver core cost them their season last year when they played the Saints in the uh, Superdome? Is it still Superdome? Well, in New it's, Orleans.
1: It's also just important to to recognize that it has to be better when it was, like I said, one of the worst mm-hmm. passing games in the NFL last year. So you got to be better than that. And D.J. Moore, I think, is... Hopefully an answer to to that question, you know, they also go ahead and draft a tight end in the fourth round. So they know that they need to improve Mm -hmm. passing the ball. You know, they also are looking for Josh Norman's replacement, drafting a couple of cornerbacks uh, in rounds two and three. They're looking for something to get back to when they were that 2015 Super Bowl going team. Not quite winning, Mm -hmm. but going there at least. They were very, very dominant on all facets of the football game there.
0: And the thing that I'll, yet again, bring mm-hmm. up the schedule, I'm going to use the same thing I said for the Falcons with the Panthers because it's the same schedule. It's almost the same schedule minus two teams. Division, I think the Panthers keep even with the Falcons, like I said, for the Falcon record. They'll beat the Bucks twice because the Bucs are going to be bad this year they'll split with the falcons losing the road games winning the home games they'll split with the saints winning the home game losing the road game for me the afc afc north i'll start with i see them 2 and 2 the ravens i don't think that the i don't think the panthers are as good as the falcons in that matchup ravens get the win although it's in carolina and the steelers you get them on the road if the Falcons can't even beat the Steelers on the road. You on Thursday night on a shortened week are not going to beat the Steelers in Week 10. That, to me, brings the question of, like I said, for the other one, NFC East were, yeah, I could see them going 3-1 and against that division. Cowboys will be the biggest question, but Eagles is a loss. Giants and Redskins could be wins. And then it comes down to, yet again, like I said, for the Falcons, what do you do against the Lions and the Seahawks yeah, you get the Seahawks at home. Lions are on the road, but those could even be two games that the Panthers lose. So this is a team depending on the schedule being a little tougher for them. They could be like an eight and eight, nine and seven team, or if they're really good, could be a ten and six, 11 and five team.
1: Yeah, they this team has one of the bigger ranges. You know, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, you know, it can be anywhere from an eight and eight team to an eleven win team. So there's a huge range in that, and so much of it's going to rely on is the running game still as good with a loss, Mm -hmm. and can these wide receivers really step up and be something that Cam needs, Mm -hmm. and is Cam going to be on his two feet, or is he going to be on the ground? Yeah. You know, defensively, they're good. I want to see how these two corners, these two rookies are going to be, if they're going to make a noticeable difference to this defense, but, you know, it's just going to have to be... A little bit of a learning year. I would not be surprised to see the Panthers miss out on the playoffs this year as they really kind of learn this new offense and really kind of gel and adapt as a team one more year and they're right back in the hunt.
0: Mm-hmm. And, yeah, for me, it's like this team, right now I'm going to be honest, although I think the offense will be better than it was last year, I'm kind of leaning towards that bottom end of that range. Like I said, more of the 8-8, eight and 9-7 eight, and seven side of it, then I am the 10-6, and 11-5 side of it because I just look at the schedule and maybe it's because we just came off of the Falcons and I'll be honest, out of this division, I am the highest on the Falcons. Spoiler for St. fans who are waiting for their preview as well. But I mean, this Panther team could be, it's like, it, it's weird, if they play well, they could be a playoff team. But if they don't play well in the bigger games like those playoff games, the game against the Steelers, the Eagles. I'm going to even throw out the Giants and the Cowboys in there, the Lions, the Seahawks. This could be a team where it's like they're almost like the Seahawks or Cowboys from last year, where it's like, all right, we're 9-7, and didn't make the playoffs. Wow, this was not a good year for us, and we got to go into the draft to kind of get more weapons and see if we can make a splash next year in our division in – this kind of tougher conference. Any final thoughts on the Panthers before we move on and end the podcast with the New Orleans Saints? Claw That's it. Just a little claw up. This is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think down below in that comment section. What are you excited for with the Panthers? What are you not excited for? What is your weak link? And how do you think this season is going to go? Let us know what you think down below in that comment section. And Mark, let's move on and end the podcast with the best team. From last year, although—and I'm going to piss off Saint fans right now, and this is just a fun jab. You guys, don't get angry and click off the video. It was a great year, but uh, the ending was the real best part, right? Right? Real best part? I have to—my Viking fan in me has to give you one last jab before you uh, use that before as bulletin— bu- Before, before the they remind
1: you of the NFC u- Championship yeah, game.
0: Before they use that as bulletin board material— And kind of, uh, like, that's the thing I want to start with, is I feel like this team, and some may say I'm crazy for thinking this, I think this team is going to use that game, the hurt from that game, from that loss, because really they had the game intact. I was sitting there as a Vikings fan going, fuck, another game that we lost. Like Because the last game, I believe I remembered before this one, was basically... The one against the Seahawks, where we should have won that one, but Blair Walsh, boom, going to kick it to the left and miss that kick Um, in that really shitty game of a football game um, before we had our actual new stadium. I was even surprised that the Vikings won that game, and I'm a Vikings fan. Do you think this Saints team uses that as bulletin board material, uses that as a chip on their shoulder, to kind of go through this season and have a successful 2018?
1: I mean, they can, sure. I I think what it really comes down to is it just comes down to a dumb mistake being made by a defense that was young. And they have a year under the belt. They've learned. They essentially have gotten better. I mean, you look at the Saints last year, Mm -hmm. great offense, great running game, passing game, great defense. The only thing that they, I would say, were really kind of needing a little bit more of is that pass rush. Which mm-hmm. they believe they got with Marcus Davenport in the first round, mm-hmm. so they went and they got the thing that they felt like they needed.
0: Traded up to go get them too. Like they're not going to have a first round pick deal. this year.
1: Yeah, they made a big deal because they truly believe that Marcus Davenport, and it's not necessarily just him, but this this pass rush is that missing piece mm-hmm. that's going to propel them into a Super Bowl, and hopefully for the Saints fans out there, Super Bowl win. They've got everything they need. I mean, really, you look at this offense, and it's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Look at this defense. It's young, but it's kind of scary looking at the moment, and it's going to get even better. They've got such a great, well-put-together team Mm -hmm. that there's a reason why I was sitting there last year thinking that, hey, this team's going to win a Super Bowl. I was wrong, but that was my prediction at the time, that they would go ahead and do it. Now, they have a very real opportunity to do it, you know we're gonna get into things like the like this the schedule and and all that good stuff. But you really take a look at this team. and I don't think that much has changed that's gonna make me feel nervous.
0: to me, the biggest the biggest question I have for this team isn't even a big question because of who they play in those four weeks and because they still have Elvin Kamara. But my first big question for this team is, how are you going to do first four games of the year with Mark Ingram being out? Because this team obviously isn't at full strength unless they have both Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara out there. That's when I think this rushing attack is at its best with how they complement each other. But yet again, when you look at it, Bucks without Jameis Winston, yeah, good luck Tampa Bay trying to beat the Saints team. The Browns, you should be able to beat the Browns even without Mark Ingram. Then it becomes the two question games where it's like the Falcons on the road, the Giants on the road. Those are the only two games without Mark Ingram. I go, okay, how are you going to do in those games? Besides mm-hmm. that, this to me is going to be honestly the easiest preview because i not even looking at the roster like in depth like we did for the other ones. I'm going to jump straight to the schedule and kind of talk about that as I'm going to go on the same theme that I did for the other two. AFC North, the the only team they are losing to, if any, to the AFC North, they're going 3-1, and 4-0 because it's either, okay, what are you going to do against the Steelers in my mind? Like, this is a team, you can beat the Browns, you can beat the Bucs, or not the Bucs, yeah, you can beat the Bucs, but you can beat the Bengals and you get the Ravens. Yeah, it's on the road, but you're coming off of a bye at that point. The Steelers are the only big one you're it's playing a home them, game, though. Yeah, and you're playing them week 16, so that might even be a win. The NFC East, I got them 3 and 1 right now. Spoiler alert and shocker, the only team I have them losing to is the defending Super Bowl champion Eagles. The biggest question schedule-wise that is far different from the Panthers, very far different from the Falcons. Like I mentioned with the Falcons, they're two just random games are the Cardinals and the Packers, which I think are very winnable games because the Falcons beat the Packers last year and the Cardinals could be starting a rookie quarterback or not the Fal- yeah the Cardinals could be starting a rookie quarterback when they play the Falcons. The Saints, they get the Vikings in Minnesota who yeah, I know Vikings fans will say, yeah, we should have beat you so we can win that one Still is going to be a tough one in prime time. And then you play the Rams. Yes, it's at home, but it's the L.A. Rams in prime time. So, I mean, for me, that's the big question mark. How do you do in those two games? And can you get a steal against the Steelers, get a steal against the Eagles without having a team get a steal against you?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the Saints, they have such a powerful team. There's so many powerful teams in the NFC. Uh, but they have such a great team offensively and defensively. When they go in here, this is a team that can go 5-1, and 4-2 and two in the division. Mm-hmm. It really just depends on how the Carolina Panthers are going to show up this year with this uh, hopefully retooled passing game that they have. So how is that going to be a, be an impact? But then it's going to be kind of some of these— I guess the big boys of the NFC because they get to mm-hmm. play them in the Vikings, in the Rams. The Cowboys might be coming back because just just a you know, couple of years ago now, they were one of the big ones here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, the Eagles. You know They have all these, and the Falcons are there too. They have all these teams that are really big, prominent teams. They get to go up against all of them. The only one they really don't get to have a chance to go up against is the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. So they're going to face pretty much any team that they play in the playoffs they're going to see him in the regular season
0: maybe this is just me being a vikings fan and having that bias come out i'll ask you because you're the bear fan and have no bias to either the packers or the vikings well
1: i don't like the packers
0: am i wrong in saying if i was mm-hmm. a saints fan although aaron rodgers is aaron rodgers i rather play the pa- i rather play the packers than the vikings Because the Vikings are more of a complete team than the Packers.
1: Well, the Vikings are a more complete team than the Packers. I need to see Kirk Cousins play for the Vikings before Mm -hmm. I can answer that question. Because if I'm sitting there right now, I'm always going to be more scared of Aaron Rodgers than anybody but Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. That's just as simple as it is. If if I got the choice of of playing anybody with the exception of the Patriots or playing Aaron Rodgers, taking anybody in that case.
0: Patriots are also a better coached team than the Packers. That's why I— Took them out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: you know, so they get to play Jared Goff in the Rams. You know, mm-hmm. they're going to play Matt Ryan in the Falcons, Kirk Cousins in the Vikings in that defense. They're going to play the Cowboys with Ezekiel Elliott having his full season. They're going to play Carson Wentz's Eagles, or as we might want to say, Nick Foles, the Super Bowl MVPs, mm-hmm. Eagles. Um, that's Which is a little joke. But
0: we got a comment on one of the mm. videos. I think it was from last week or one of the preview videos where they the commenter basically goes the So what, Nick Foles wins a Super Bowl and he becomes like when did Nick Foles become one of the greatest quarterbacks in the NFL? He's a Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> No,
1: it's just fun to say it, uh, but he is as good as, as Peyton, Peyton Manning. Manning
0: because he tied that record against if Peyton If only
1: he can get one more Super Bowl <laughs> ring, he will officially be as good as Peyton Manning. No questions about God,
0: it. Would that, do you think that would kill Peyton Manning or he wouldn't lose any sleep over
1: it? He wouldn't lose any sleep over he it. He would
0: both have, think about that, Eli and Nick Foles would then be better than him or as good as, as him. As good as him. Well, yeah. Eli's better than him, I think. No, two and two. Yeah, but he beat Tom Brady, something Peyton Manning could well, never do. Sure.
1: Sure. <laughs> That's the one thing he's got on his brother. Uh, The only thing he's got. But he goes, yeah, but I was never benched for Geno Smith. So there is that. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I mean, the Saints here, they were such a good team last year. I mean, like I said, that was my Super Bowl team last year. I thought they were, when it got to the playoffs, time. I'm like, all right, Saints, they're going to win it all. Mm -hmm. Um, They didn't, but they did a lot to to make you excited to make you happy. I don't believe that Ingram being gone for four games is, is going to matter in the slightest. Buccaneers, Browns, throw it away. Falcons is your your this is the uh the away game for you. So even if you lose it, I think there's a good chance you split with the Falcons well, anyways.
0: Two away games. The Giants is an away game too.
1: Well, I'm talking about just the Falcons. Oh, okay. You know, cuz you're going to play the Falcons again at home. Mm-hmm. So I think if you lose that Falcons game, whatever There's a good chance you're going to lose it anyways because they're a really good team as well. Yeah. You're not – and you're not happy, but you're not upset if you lose to the Falcons. Mm -hmm. Now, if you lose on the road to the Giants, you might be a little bit upset Mm -hmm. as it stands right now because we just don't necessarily know if the Giants are going to bounce back with this new
0: whole – well, I mean, Pat Shermer is the new head coach, but a lot of new things. And I'll be completely honest. Even if you had Mark Ingram – like, with Mark Ingram, without Mark Ingram, my thought about the first four games are the same. You win the first two, you lose the third one. The fourth one, yeah, I could see you winning it. I'm leaning that way, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants won. Like, with Mark Ingram, without Mark Ingram, that is my thought process for the I don't think first four. The,
1: the, the defense of the Giants, to me, is not at a level to where I'm sitting there going, oh, I need Ingram and Kamara. No, I think mm-hmm. you can win with just
0: Kamara, just yeah. fine. That's why I'm saying with either or, my thought Mm. process is the same. Falcons are the ones that have a
1: tough defense. I'm going to
0: lean the way of the Saints against the Giants, but I would not be surprised if you told me, "Yeah, the Giants won that game." I'd be like, "Oh, okay." Like I didn't pick it, but yeah, I not shocked. I'd be a little surprised. I would. It depends how they were playing in those first three. Like. It's going to be week four. What do we see yeah. from the first two well, years? Obviously. Our yeah. first two seasons. How's I just Saquon say, as looking? we
1: stand right now, yeah. I would be a little surprised if the Giants won that
0: game. Yeah, right now, I'll be honest. I have them three and one yeah. in those first four. So it's not like I'm saying, ooh, they're going to be two and two in that. But, I mean, for me, I wonder how much of the—to me, the game that I am circling— if I'm circling one game on this schedule, it's no shocker which one I'm circling. Can you guess which one I'm going to say? The Vikings game. The Viking game. Like, yep. as a Saints fan, that would be the one that I would circle because— That's your revenge game. For me, it's not just that. It's based off of where I could see this team. That game, that one game to me, could be the linchpin in the season to where this team, right now, their lowest that I see them is 9-7, and 10-6. Their ceiling, name it, like— I could honestly, I don't think they will, but I could see this team being 13 and three more so if you said they were an 11, 12 win team. I'd be like, yeah, I could see that. What did they shock wins and get wins over the Vikings and the Rams or like the Eagles or the Steelers, one of those winning playoff teams that we expect? But like that Viking game could be the answer to, oh, we were nine and seven off, we would have won that Viking game, 10 and six, we could have been in the playoffs. Or will it be a? Oh, we were ten and six, and we were a wild card team. Man, if we would have won that Viking game, we could have been eleven and five, and possibly mm-hmm. won the division or had a better. They team. have
1: they have a bit of a stretch. I mean, they're playing the Vikings. They're
0: mm-hmm. going to be on
1: the road against the Vikings. They're going to be at home against the Rams, but still, the Rams are another one of those teams everyone's looking at in the NFC. Mm-hmm. Skip the Bengals, Eagles. You're home again, but. That's your defending Super Bowl champion. I mean, you're right there in the thick of it. And if you really want to go a couple steps further, you got the Falcons and the Cowboys coming up after that. I would say
0: Week 7 to Week 13 is the stretch I go to minusing Week 10 because that's Mm -hmm. a for-sure win for me because I'm not high on the Bengals. The Ravens, although I would pick the Saints in that one, the the Ravens could be a trap game for the Saints. The Vikings and Rams will be tough because they're going to be – I expect both of those teams to be winning teams, playoff teams Mm -hmm. in the NFC. And then week 11 through 13, Eagles I expect to be in the playoffs. Falcons I expect to be in the playoffs. Cowboys I expect to be fighting for that sixth seed. So it's like you're playing week 7 to week 13. You're playing six games against teams that could have winning records at the end of the year and all could be playoff teams at the end of the 2018 season.
1: I mean, as it stands for me right now, besides the Packers, they're playing the rest of the playoff teams in the NFC in their regular season. Mm -hmm. They're playing the Eagles. They're playing the Vikings. They're going to play the Rams. They're Mm -hmm. playing everybody right here, and, of course, the Falcons. So they're going to see them all. Mm -hmm. The exception is that Packers team. And if it's not the Packers, then there's a good chance it could be the Cowboys, and they're going to play them. So there's... Or not the Cowboys, the Panthers. You know, they're all Mm -hmm. right there. They're going to play all these teams. They do not have an easy way into the playoffs, but this team is so good. I'm very confident in them at least getting a 10 and 6 record.
0: And that's why, going back to my first point, I wonder if this team will use what happened last year as that chip on their shoulder to kind of muscle through. This tough schedule, because I'll be honest, out of all the teams that we've looked through in this division, this is the only schedule that if you gave me the three, the last three we looked at, I'm going to take the bucks and kind of throw it out because I don't see that being a winning team. The other three, I can see them possibly being playoff teams. You gave me those schedules. I would look at this one and go, well, this is the one I'm completely throwing away because I don't want any part of that. I don't want any part of that one mainly because of and I know what you're saying oh Ricky but the AFC North and the NFC East are the same the division is the same exactly to me the the biggest difference are those two games because the Saints get the Vikings and the Rams we already looked at the Panthers they get the Seahawks and the Lions who spoiler alert for me Both of those teams are not going to be playoff teams this year. This is the beginning of the end for the Seahawks with Pete Carroll and the Lions. I just don't think they're going to be as good as they were last year in Matt Patricia's first year. And then with the Falcons, and yeah, this is a little Falcon history along with it. They get the Cardinals, who I'll take the Cardinals over the Vikings or the Rams any day. And then they get the Packers, who for the Falcons they have a history of being able to beat the Packers. So that would be one of those two. Falcons or Panthers would be the schedule that I would take over the Saints for sure.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting, but no matter what, it's kind of difficult for mm-hmm. any of these teams. Um, so it's just going to kind of have to be a, you know, you got to, you can't afford to let a team upset you. In that case,
0: the Buccaneers. You know,
1: yeah, you gotta win those games that are your kind of easier gimme type of games.
0: Buccaneers, Make sure you Browns, win them all. Bengals, like any of those. Teams. Don't
1: let anybody kind of sneak past you because that's going to cause a problem for you. Um, you know, just essentially for for a team like the Saints is you're good enough as is. Mm-hmm. You just gotta kind of keep it together. Don't let something embarrassing like that end to your season last year. Don't let that stick in your head. Get past it and just
0: move forward. If I there's four games that you mentioned that, and then I look at the schedule thing, and that the Browns and the Bengals, I'm still going to keep as Saint wins. But there's four opponents that I could see as like mm-hmm. don't don't go in and underestimate them. The Buccaneers week 14 because the Bucks beat you last year yeah. and week 14 they're going to have Jameis coming back. Um and then Giants, Redskins, or Ravens like any of mm-hmm. those three teams. Yes, I would pick the Saints right now in those games, but I would not be surprised if week four, five, or six, or four, five, or seven because they have the buy in week six. If you told me at the end of that week, yeah, the Redskins beat the Saints, I'd be like, all right, yet again, didn't pick that game, but I'm not totally shocked yeah. that the Redskins beat the Saints. Oh, I'm not totally shocked that Mm -hmm. the Ravens won. I'm not totally shocked that the Giants beat the Saints.
1: Yeah, it's certainly possible. I mean, it's any given Sunday.
0: Mm -hmm. It's
1: pretty simple in that case, but that's why I'm saying, you know, especially in a tough division like the NFC South, you can't afford to lose these games that you should be able to win. You have to make sure that you Mm -hmm. aren't the reason why, you know, you miss out on the playoffs, why you miss out on winning your division.
0: I will ask you kind of a loaded playoff question with this team. Okay. Number 1, if this team makes the playoffs in yep. any place, wild card or division, how much of a Super Bowl favorite would you put them in? And two, do you think this has to be a team that wins the division and finishes in the top 4 or could this be a team we see be a wild card team and wreck through the playoffs to get to the Super Bowl? I don't
1: think they have to win the division. I think it certainly helps. Um, it's useful, and I can answer your question. With as it stands right now, it is the Saints are my Super Bowl favorite. Okay, still after even after last year, mm-hmm. they had a fluke play is why they lost. Well,
0: and they had I, a rookie mistake. Yeah, and I lost. think
1: they could have beaten the Eagles.
0: That would have been. It would have been an interesting one. A lot of woulda, would coulda, shouldas. Yeah. In that one of who would have won that game? Any final thoughts on the Saints before we wrap this thing up?
1: Uh my final thoughts is go ahead and play woulda uh, coulda shoulda <laughs> in the comment section. Let's let's watch and see who thinks uh that Nick Foles is a better quarterback than Drew Brees.
0: Exactly. Well, the, well, Carson Wentz will be back. Don't put a, put put some.
1: Well, I'm talking about on his last name. year. Yeah, I know. Yeah.
0: But I'm just saying for this year, that's Super expect, Bowl MVP. I expect Nick Carson Foles. Wentz to be playing Week 11 nope. against the. Well, I expected
1: him to be in the playoffs last yeah, year. But, I expected you
0: know. him too. But let's hope he doesn't get injured like he did last year. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think down below in that comment section. Also, a little bit of housekeeping here at the end. If you want to help support the podcast, make sure to check out Most Valuable Podcast on Patreon. That link is down below in the description. If you like the cool shirt I'm wearing, you can get your own in the description as well. We got our store link down below. You can also get that store at mostvaluablepodcast.com. You could also catch MVP each and every day on our website, mostavailablepodcast.com. Then last but not least, if you have Apple Podcasts, you have iTunes, make sure to give the Onside Kick a five-star rating. It would really mean the world to us. And type a little something something about why you like listening to the podcast each and every week. Mark, we are almost done with the previews. We got one more division, well, one more side of it. Two Two divisions divisions to go. One side with the West to go. So we are now officially 75% through our previews. Don't forget, next week we will also be doing a top 10 for a way-too-early NFL mock draft. That coming to you because your boy 22, not Mark's boy, your boy 22, went ahead and asked for it. So we said, why not? We'll go ahead and do that. Also, make sure to check out our NFL predictions. I'll put the playlist. It'll pop above Mark's head right now as I'm talking. But thank you guys for watching on YouTube. Thank you guys for listening on podcast services around the world. And as always... Have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.